And welcome back to Mile High Magazine. It is Murphy Houston. Hope you're having a great day. And joining us as he has for the past few weeks is my friend, Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health, formerly with the CDC. John, how are you doing today? Uh, doing just fine, Murph. Uh, it couldn't be better. Well, a lot of changes going on, as we kind of expected. We talked about this the last couple of weeks with surrounding states where COVID-19 seems to be taken off again, unfortunately. It looks like uh, the governor's made some moves here in the Colorado area, correct? Yeah, he has. Some of it we expected. He uh, released yesterday something called a uh, Protect Our Neighbor Framework, which allows uh, counties or regions that are meeting certain metrics of improvement uh, in terms of disease transmission and public health capacity and hospital capacity to become somewhat more open. Um, But honestly, because Colorado's cases are starting to creep up and we're seeing these terrible stories from places like Texas, Arizona, and Florida, at the same time as he did that, he said, hold on, let's close the bars. Um, It looks like that in those other three states, bar openings, you're indoors, you're crowded, you're having a great time, you're drinking, you can't hear very well, so you lean over next to your friend. Um, Perfect uh, situation for transmission to happen. So what the and give us the left hand uh, took away yesterday uh, as we try to navigate the, uh, the the tightrope here. Well, we're still pretty open, and I, and I imagine the governor's a little nervous, as you might be too, John, with Fourth of July weekend and a lot of people out socializing. It's going to be interesting to see the results of that. Don't you agree? It, absolutely. And it's, a, it's almost a test of are we uh, together enough as a society to be able to navigate this. We did pretty well over Memorial Day, although, frankly, that's probably what got States like the ones we just mentioned in trouble, people said it's party time, it's outdoor time, let's uh, let's get back to normal. And we don't want the 4th of July to be, for us, what Memorial Day was in those places. So, yeah, I'm really, I am quite nervous. Um, we've uh, been looking at what, we, what more we could do to better provoke prevention messages. And I think, you know, part of the issue is if you're young and foolish and happy, and you don't think you're going to get that sick with COVID, you may be less inclined to uh, take precautions. And that's a group we're really trying to reach both for their own health, but really importantly for the health of the broader community, as well as their loved ones who may be in more vulnerable categories. Well, with this holiday weekend upon us, and this is a, you know the Sunday of the weekend we're listening to this, what's happening up in the mountains? Are the resorts opening up or towns like Breckenridge, Vail, all these uh, places people like to go for the holidays in the mountains? Are they full boat up there? Well, I don't know if they're full full board or full boat. They are open. They are opening. Eagle was one of the first counties, Vail, uh, where we had big outbreaks during ski season. They had uh, big shutdowns. They opened back up sooner than some of the other counties did across the state. Um, and they've had some uh, youth-related outbreaks up there. Um, so as far as I know, the, the, the mountain communities are are open, but cautiously so. I will say it's pretty interesting in Eagle. If you come there from an outside place, they've got commitments that they communicate to you ahead of time, especially if you're an out-of-state tourist. Don't come here if you're sick. If you get sick, seek a test, wear a mask, socially distance, and don't engage in, in parties and bar hopping and things like that. So it's really trying to say, yeah, it's personal responsibility, to, but it's personal responsibility with a structure to it, telling people sort of how they need to proceed. Right. And the governor's not saying, hey, stay home and stay in your basement for the entire Fourth of July weekend. He's not saying that, is he, John? No. I mean, in, in fact, the uh, 
the public health order that we're still operating under is um, safer at home and in the great vast outdoors. Okay, well, so okay. Basically, we got beautiful outdoor spaces. You know, go enjoy, but just enjoy responsibly and carefully. Uh, if you park at a trailhead where there's tons of cars, you know, kind of wait your turn to get on the trail. Don't barge and bump into people. I think we've got enough space in Colorado we can all enjoy it if we do so thoughtfully. Yeah, use your head. And it's always the big three, like I say, John. Mask, wash your hands, safe distancing, isn't it? It is, Murph. And I, and I would say that the uh, masking part of the equation you know, has sadly, as we've talked about before, gotten uh, politically controversial. I do think we are beginning to see some recognition that it doesn't really matter what persuasion you're from. This can be a really important tool to keep yourself and your community safe. Uh, the data that are beginning to come in say those states that adapted uh, either mandates or very strong encouragement about face mask use uh, did better. And we even have a, had an economic report from Goldman Sachs yesterday that said if the U.S. had a national requirement that everybody wore masks in public, we can improve our gross domestic product, our economic output, by 5%. Wow. Which is a small fraction until you multiply it times an economy as big as the U.S. And that's that's billions and trillions of dollars. So this this is really, whether you're interested in health like i am or whether you're interested in the economy we're all interested in the economy of course the mask part of the equation really makes a lot of sense well and i'm wondering john i'm some conversation among friends and you wonder is it ever going to come to the point where it's going to be the law you better wear a mask or you're going to be fined if we catch you not wearing a mask across the united states do you see that happening you know murph i don't see that happening (laughs) in the immediate future 21 states now have statewide mandates. Now, they're variably enforced. No law enforcement agency is spending its time giving people tickets for not wearing masks. And we know that's not really a realistic appraisal. But 21 states have said, we think the situation is bad enough or could get bad enough. And we think this is such a small compromise that we ought to help move the the norm, if you will, toward wearing it by making it a mandate. Um, I think our governor has, has communicated, at least for the time being, that's not an approach he's going to take. But many states have, and, and, you know, that could be coming to Colorado. Not to be punitive, not to be draconian, but just to be smart and to help us have a greater opportunity to things to do the things that we all like to do. Well, that's good words right there, John. And and I'm kind of curious. We seem, even though we seem to be surrounded by states that are slowly but surely, I mean, not getting out of control, but the COVID-19 has really taken up. But we seem to be keeping our numbers relatively low yet, aren't we? We are. And, and we could either say our number is not up yet, but it's going to be up. Or we could say we've somehow been able to navigate it more smartly and more carefully. And, you know, the optimistic part of me, and I am an optimist, likes to believe that we're doing it more smartly and more carefully. But when I get complaints in our offices about, hey, there was this sporting event happening on the field and none of the players are socially distancing and the spectators are you know, having a great time and they're not social distancing, that concerns me. So I want to see us continue to, again, do the tightrope effectively. I'd like to believe Colorado is uh, the higher altitude and the beautiful mountains makes us smarter. And I'd like to believe we can continue that trajectory. Well, another question I might have, if unfortunately COVID-19 does begin to really take off here in Colorado, are we medically prepared for that? 
you know, our hospitals are in, in better shape than they were in March and April. So we've, we've used that time effectively. Um, they're not prepared for an endless onslaught. Houston, uh, third or fourth biggest city in the country, thought they were prepared, and they're up to like 98% ICU capacity. Now, our hospitals all have great surge plans in place. I think they've, they've thought about it really carefully, but, um, you know, it, it's not the kind of thing that we could tolerate endless increases. Dr. Fauci said yesterday we're experiencing 40,000 cases a day in the U.S. Wow. He wouldn't be surprised if we got up to 100,000 cases. And let me remind you that when the U.S. started to get into this, China was the, the, the example in the world of really a bad outbreak. And at that point, China had 80,000 total cases. Wow. We're, back, we're, getting, yeah. we're getting there every two days. Well, the leader of the free world, so how does that add up? No, I don't know. But, it doesn't sound good when you say it that way, though, John, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's something we need to be aware of for sure. Any any use of that new, and I can't, you know, this new uh, medicine vaccine that's coming out of Britain that seems to be working, that's been around for a while, are we starting to use that at all as kind of a test thing here in the United States? You know, I think uh, uh, docs in uh, hospitals and critical care settings have been interested in the use of steroids. This medicine that you refer to is called dexamethasone. It's been around for a long time. It's a really imp- It's a really potent steroid. What a steroid drug does is really suppress the immune system. Um, I think our docs are going to be using it more. I don't do hospital practice now, but I think it's 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 so compelling what we've heard so far that, and it makes so much biologic sense that I think they will be using it. However, I would say we have to be careful. If you use a drug like dexamethasone or another potent steroid too early, like let's say you get a cough and a cold and you've actually got it but you're actually feeling pretty good. We wouldn't want to give it to you because we want your immune system early in the infection to be fighting as hard as it can. The, the problem is when people start to get sick, the immune system can go from our friend to our enemy. The, uh, the immune system is actually part of the lung inflammation that makes people sick enough to be on ventilators. So that's where the dexamethasone or other steroids, I think, can be a benefit. And we want to try to titer it in the right place. Well, that's a good thinking there. I have to tell you, though, I saw something pretty eye-opening the other day on the news, and I don't watch a lot of news anymore because it just gets me down. But they were showing, these doctors were showing through x-rays, the damage COVID-19 does to your lungs, whether you're young, especially if you're old, and even if you don't have bad symptoms or maybe no symptoms at all and maybe you're carrying COVID-19, it can do some serious long-term damage to your lungs. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think one of the things that we keep saying about this is that we've, I think most of us in our careers have never seen an infection that surprises us as much on a regular basis as this one does. And the spectrum of, of damage that it can be done, even in people, as you say, that don't feel that sick is really quite amazing. And not just in the, in the lungs, by the way, but also in the vascular system. So we know that uh, COVID can induce blood clots. It can cause heart damage. It appears to be able to cause neurologic damage. So it's a very versatile uh, pathogen in terms of various uh, places it can hit and, and cause damage even if in people that aren't all, the, aren't all that sick. We're talking to Dr. John Douglas, who runs Tri-County Health here, which includes uh, Douglas, Arapahoe, Adams County, formerly with the CDC. I'll tell you, John, after seeing that example on TV just about the lungs, not what you've mentioned to me just now, Boy, if you're not compelled enough to wear a mask now, what's going to do it? 
Well, uh, excellent question. I mean, I think a lot of it, honestly, is messaging and modeling. I think it was a big step forward when the vice president, when he was in Texas over the weekend, put on a mask and actually talked about using masks. Um, I think the more we see people we trust and respect saying this is important, and we see it, I mean, the people that are watching TV, you know, like you, Murph, <laughs> seeing our leaders <laughs> wearing masks in key settings, I think that's a really powerful message. And I think uh, I'd hope that we could begin to see more of that behavior model as we see so much compelling biologic and now economic data that says this is a no-brainer. We really have all got to be doing this. Yeah, I, amen to that. I agree with you, John. And one final area I want to get into, more of these school, uh, schools, DPS, now Cherry Creek, they're going to open up. What safety measures are they going to have to do to carry that off? Well, it's a challenge, although I think they've been incredibly thoughtful about it. Uh, I'm part of a group of public health uh, officials in the metro area who actually developed our own guidance for the school districts in our region to follow. Um, I think one of the real uh, lessons we're learning from COVID um, is that kids not only don't get COVID as often as older people, and when they do get it, not only do they not get as sick as older people, it turns out they don't transmit infection to other people as readily as do older people. So kids are, are really uh, are different in lots of ways. And that's a striking distinction from influenza. When we started talking about closing schools, we said, hey, kids are big players in the flu. We know they transmit. And when we've had flu pandemics before, closing schools made sense and it made a difference. It turns out when we've looked carefully at COVID, even though we followed the flu playbook, it didn't work like that. So I think that uh, the, the guidelines we've produced and the ones that I'm aware that Denver, Cherry Creek, et cetera, et cetera, are following I think are smart guidelines. They will be emphasizing strongly encouraging use of masks. Speaking of masks, they're going to be emphasizing social distancing as much as possible. But schools aren't football fields. You can't spread students out right. six feet apart. So that's challenging. But I think with frequent hand washing, the use of face coverings, um, and again, this really important phenomenon that kids don't transmit nearly as readily as the others do. I think this critically important issue of getting schools back open is uh, is realistic and, and, and something that, like everything, you know, we're going to have to watch closely. Sure, and I think sure. the superintendents are as concerned about that as I am. But I think they, like we, believe that whether it's whether you're considering things from an educational or a health perspective, getting our kids back on track is just really one of our top priorities. Amen to that. Dr. John Douglas, again, appreciate your time weekly here on Mile High Magazine. You stay safe. You all stay safe, too. It's Murphy Houston on Mile High Magazine, and we'll talk to you next week.